today's show, as always, sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com. With the 54th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. With the 76th pick, the 98th pick, the 101st pick, 129th pick, 199th pick, the New England Patriots, the Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Chargers. Select Tuli, Tui Pelotu, Marte Mapu, Siaki Ika, Cameron Latu, Biliami Seoko, Antonio Mafi, Noah Sewell, Henry Toto, Puka Nakua, Valesala, Amuavea, Laulu. I came upstairs to start recording, and the laptop was not on the laptop place. I know. He was like, I can't find it. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Like, how mean? are we gonna record this podcast with the hosting laptop totally disappeared? And I went through the entire apartment. There was a a a box of like a Xbox 360, like 20 sports games, um, and a bunch of other stuff meant to go to GameStop. And I think for that five dollar trade in, <laughs> yeah, I think for the uh, I think while we were cleaning and doing some stuff that laptop got moved around and it ended up in that donation box Oof. basically like freaking woody mm. from toy story it's like i don't belong here anyways i saved it we're good to go and yeah we're active and i'm about to get down yes sir welcome to everybody okay. who's listening tuning in this is the Polynesian Podcast. Sponsored by Levasa Island Apparel. Shout out to Brother E. Rye, Brother Boat out there in Modesto doing big things. Apparel. Put on for the culture and catch the wave. Make sure to check them out. They're going to be on the move. A lot of different uh, pop-ups and in-person events that they're doing, but they're always available online. So make sure to hit them up on Instagram and uh, hit up that website link in our bio. Mike Fiso, what's up? What it do, man? I'm excited. I'm I got newfound excitement in my Seahawks. <laughs> These guys went above and beyond. They went left field, opposite where I was thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I've been preaching. We need that defensive line, and man, we need that generational defensive line. And we're like, nah. Let's go back to the Legion of Boom. <laughs> Let's try that again. Some- Let's get a great cornerback, one of the top cornerbacks projected, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Yes, sir. Out of that, the fighting Illinois, I believe. Um, that boy like to hit. He yo, likes to hit. Is he under six foot? Yeah. <laughs> they they but, list him at six, but that means he's like 5'10", you know. Yeah, 5'10", 7'8", or something like that. Yeah. What do you uh, – how do you like this pick? Number five overall, you went cornerback. Um, it at first when it dropped, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "We got Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jackson." Like, dude, every time I say those names, it just sounds hella funny. But now we're adding this guy, and then I was like, "Well, I guess uh, Kobe Bryant, he's more of a a Nickelback." Okay. So, to, like to have 
solid guys on either side. I was like, okay. Then I was like, all right, we'll get the defensive tackle with this next pick for sure. For sure. <laughs> with the 20th overall. Yeah. Then we drafted freaking Jackson's uh Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. That was I was like, I guess we're just gonna go for a high powered offense. Just we're gonna score more points than you, and hopefully, yeah. and then uh force you to pass. And then when you when teams have to pass against the Seahawks, they have to go against these top draft picks. Yes, sir. Wait, where it was Jareek Woolen taken last year? Deep, bro. Right? Like fifth round, right? Like day yeah, three man. for sure. And then he turned out into a, like rookie of the year in the NFC. Should have been. Like they freaking gave it to Sauce because they never passed it on his side. <laughs> Yo, Tariq, Tariq Woolen's a little bigger, right? 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that? Yeah, 6'4". 210. Nice. So he's like that typical long corner. And he's heck of fast. As soon as he takes the ball, he got burner. He's like a 4 2 guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm like, this guy played basketball or something. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like he's at the wrong. I think he is like a receiver turned to a corner, too. So, you know, we love those guys. I feel like they. Playing the opposite position does give you that kind of peek into the mindset of your opponent. Like if you're if you've been a wide receiver for a long time and you've just been worrying about how do I stack up this cornerback, how do I get off the line, how do I release, how do I, you know, if you flip and then start playing cornerback, you might be able to like look and engage some of the wide receivers playing across from you, like, oh, this guy's kind of leaning a certain way, this guy you know, yeah. likes to break down a certain way. So it, it it might make it a little easier to to read the receivers and their routes. And then if you're if you were a receiver, you already got some sort of hands. So being able to make plays on the ball, that's definitely Tariq Woolen's, you know, play style. He was He led the league in interceptions last year <laughs> as a rookie. Yeah. How do you lead the league in interceptions and not win rookie of the year? Like <laughs> They tested you, and you, I mean, okay, so I guess he did give up some yards. You know, he is a rookie, but they just weren't, <laughs> they just weren't throwing to sauce. Like, yeah, as, as, so they're scared. So he was looking at the, okay, whatever. Sauce wasn't even the first DB taken, right? It, the Texans took a, a corner in front of him, or did yeah, they, I believe. Was it, uh, no, not, not as good as sauce. Um, the Jacksonville uh oh wait no that's not a db um yeah uh it was crazy i noticed this uh so round our first two picks they were 15 picks apart and then our third and fourth pick were 15 picks apart and then our fifth and sixth picks were 15 picks apart i was like what is going on this is some i don't know i just saw that and was like okay there's some Something's going on. Some here. magic going on. You know? <laughs> Some Seahawks guys, mojo. The Seahawks had a great draft last year. Yes. The, all those players. Thank you, Broncos. Not only were they productive, right, had a lot of bites at the apple because of that Russell Wilson trade. And this year you had a couple extra picks too, right? That oh, yeah. And we even traded our third <laughs> round pick to the Broncos for their third round and next year and then a sixth round this year so we like we fleeced nice. them i think Schneider. 
Dude, that guy. Yeah, he's been making the most out of the least, I swear. He should win the GM of the, year. of the year. But he won't. <laughs> John, because it's just expected that John Schneider is going to trade back. He's going to make a, a bunch of good picks. I feel like Pete Carroll is a lot more involved in the draft process mm-hmm. and selection than some other coaches. Or would you say that's I, more John I think Schneider? so, too. No, I think it. I think their relationship is probably mm-hmm. the healthiest coach GM nice. relationship in the NFL. Like they trust each other a lot, and you know, I trust them for sure. Like this is the first year in the draft where, like, normally with that fifth pick, like we would have taken, we would have like if they took like someone takes our pick then we would take like the next best player at that position instead of the best player overall on the board. And I feel like, I feel like we did that this year, uh, especially with the number 20 pick Jackson Smith. He compliments our offense so well, like you, so you add him to DK, you add him to Tyler Lockett. um, And, you know, that could be a dynamite offense. And then, uh, you know, Seahawks love drafting second round running backs. That's like our thing. That's Pete Carroll's fucking thing, bro. <laughs> Swear. So we got Zach Charbonnet out of uh, UCLA with that 52, which UCLA was... running back. That surprised me also because, you know, I mean, I have Ken Walker the third in a couple, at least one fantasy league. Right. And People I'm like, mad. yo, here's a solid <laughs> stud workhorse three down running back. Maybe he can't catch, but he can be out there. He's like the best that the Seahawks have. And then they add this passing, this pass catching running back, mainly uh, Zach Charbonnet at the UCLA. Did that surprise you that they were taking a, a running back there? Yeah, I was like, man, when are we going to get that D lineman? But. <laughs> I, at 37, we got the outside linebacker, Derek Hall, like an edge rusher out of Auburn. So, I mean, I was like, eh, I guess that kind of counts. Um, but, yeah, I was like, another running back? Really? But we only have three running backs on our roster right now, and two of them are dog water. So, uh, it's one just, of those two. Uh, I think it's – so we got Kenneth Walker and then I believe Travis Homer. Homer. And I don't even know who the last one is. DJ Dallas still? Oh, yep. Yeah, and, like, none of those guys I'm fucking really trusting to. You guys took a running back in the seventh, I think. I know yeah, a, we a did. couple of Hawks fans were like, Kenny McIntosh. I was like, yeah. oh, bro. Uh, we, had a, we have a Madden League going right now on Xbox. And our first, like, offseason – um we imported a draft class and it was like a bunch of real rookies i think it was like the draft class, this draft class um yeah i took he's been my starting running back in madden for like the last five seasons and i thought he was like macintosh yeah i thought he was a created player and i was just like (laughs) well i'm not drafting a really using a high draft pick on a running back i'm gonna use wide receivers cornerbacks and then i'm gonna use the back end of the draft to fill it with these auto-generated people. And I was like, oh, this guy's hella fast. He's like a 96 speed at the gate. I was like, okay, let me take this guy and, and turn him into my running back one. And then Seahawks fans this weekend were like, oh, shit, we got Kenny McIntosh. He's going to be like our special teamer. Um, like, yeah, that, I've heard specialist. him described as fun. He's a fun runner. Oh, okay. So I, whatever that means, I'm I'm all about it. Send it, dog. <laughs> Just don't drop the ball. That's all I ask. Yo, yeah, yeah. Definitely ball security and 
I think if I think fun runner, I think speed, but also just like juking, maybe running people over, giving you those wow moments. So, I mean, going second round and seventh round on a running back, those are two different feelings. But yeah, yeah. Seahawks had a had a pretty good one. I, I, and then I like you know, you in the later rounds, we really addressed the. Uh what we were looking for, you know, we got a guard, Anthony Bradford out of LSU with our 108th pick, which, you know, that's perfect. We need another inside interior lineman because our tackles are set. Two rookies from last year, right? So our, our whole line is about to be fucking fresh meat, though. Like, so we might we might expect some some things to go down on that line, you know, some, some young mistakes. But, uh, Shit, Gino can run a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little mobile. Might need to use. Yeah, it. he's smart. He know what to do. He what do you? Can... How do you think the Seahawks will address that defensive tackle position or that D line that you thought they were going to go with uh, early? Maybe free agency or just wait till next year? I know we we picked up Dr- uh, Draymond Jones from oh, yeah, the Broncos yeah, yeah. again. Jeez, Louise keeps taking from the Broncos. He said he said I should have been here last year. Yeah, that, he said I wanted to be in that trade. I, I wanted to be in that trade, but the the Broncos wouldn't include me in it. And then they didn't pay me, but the Seahawks did. They showed that they really want me. This is where I want to be. This is where I should have been, you know, last year. But I've heard that he's a really good player, and he's going to really help your your defense. Yeah, and then uh, we got Cameron Young out of Mississippi State. I looked up his tape. He's a dog. <sighs> dog. Uh, and then right after him, uh, at 151, we picked up Mike Morris, a D-end out of Michigan. And then the next pick, three picks later at 154, we got the center from Michigan as well. So I was in, I was like, okay. Um, that center was like the head – that was like the best offensive line in, uh, in college football, supposedly. They, I think they only allowed like seven sacks all season. Mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Uh, and the center is the guy who's supposed to be running the whole thing. And yeah, that was yeah. a big need of ours. So if we got the best center in the, in the draft, like in the I'm fifth all... round. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? Like he got the award for best, like lineman yeah. of the year. So I was, I've been meaning to look at that. I've seen the, you know, the award winners during the draft process or the draft cast, They'll be like, this is the 2022 Blitnikoff winner, award winner, the best wide receiver. This is the Nagurski award winner for like best D lineman. Yeah. I wanted to look up like which one of those award winners won it in college. Like they were the best receiver in college. And then and that became successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Translated into a successful, um, you know, professional career in the NFL. Um because you, you see a lot of those awards and sometimes it's like, oh, they were just in a conference or something. Maybe maybe like conference uh, teams or like first, second team. All yeah. Conference USA, something like that. Probably doesn't hit as hard as all SEC or – I mean, I don't think the Pac-12 right. is as big as the SEC as far as like week-to-week opponent talent. Like no. the SEC is supposed to be harder, right? That's where all the, I think so. That's what they say. The dogs, the champs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seahawks definitely had a great draft uh, this year and last year. And that's how you. We drafted another center, too. Uh, oh, no. That is the same. Sorry. Same center. And then we drafted safety and then the running back you're talking Damn, about. Damn. You guys had hella picks. 
That's like yeah, we had ten, and we great gave and we gave one away. <laughs> you moved off of it, nice, dude. I don't know why the Broncos even fuck with us ever, bro. Why? I would. <laughs> If I was the Broncos, I'd be like, I'm never picking up 206. Fuck no. <laughs> yeah. 425. Oh, hell no. Fucking cootie booties over there trying to finesse us again. And we still managed to do it. Like, we still finesse them. How did they make it sound so good to other teams? Like, hey, you know, you really, we, we know you really like this guy, and some other guy is going to come in, and some other team is going to come pick him up. You better trade with us real quick. It'll be we'll lightweight. Also, Just give us a third rounder next year. Speaking of lightweight, we'll send a pound of that good, good <laughs> that Seattle, that Washington loud pack. Bro, <laughs> like, hey, next That's time you come to the Pacific the Northwest, slide through Seattle, we'll hook you up. And GMs are like, hell yeah, I'm trading away my picks. <laughs> no, I'm going to go smoke with it, Carol. It's like they, they like, like we whooped their ass in the Super Bowl, right? Like just after that, I would never trade. I would never trade with you ever again, dog. Just from that one moment. But no, they were like with the guy who whooped their ass. They were like, "We want him. Give him to us. We'll give you. We'll mortgage our whole future for this guy." Oh man! And then Pete and John were like, "You got yourself a fucking deal, buddy." <laughs> Russell Wilson plus two first, two seconds, a bunch of oh, three man. players. And then we gave them Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. Nice. Feeling good for good. them. Wait, yeah, man. It's just, oh, okay, that was another thing that people were talking about. This, uh, the Russell Wilson trade allowed the Seahawks early draft capital that they usually would not have. Right. Nope. Usually yeah. Because we're playoffs or something. Yeah, they we're like close. Teams. We're not like that shitty. Like probably like yeah. seven and nine, seven and. 10 would be like a shitty season yeah but even then you're that's like you know maybe the 10th pick right it's double digit picks right yeah so in this draft i mean i and i guess last draft is where you guys hit really big too just having those extra picks uh allowed you guys to get more players and take more chances on really yeah. good good talent and it's shit is working Wait, we were able to reload instead of having to rebuild after losing nice. our franchise quarterback. Yeah. Like, I like you couldn't ask for a better situation going into a transitional period. Like, we said there was enough money for Gino to like do his thing for a couple of years. Everyone's gonna be on a rookie contract. Like, probably like sixty percent of our team starters are gonna be on rookie contracts in two years. Like. I know the Niners are pissed because <laughs> they already hate Seahawks. They, I think that the Niners hate Russell Wilson more than they hate the Seahawks. I think, uh, so they were like glad to see him go, but they were like, like all my Niners friends were like, we're really letting you guys do this. Like we're letting the Broncos. That's not fair. <laughs> and then, like speaking of the Niners, like they traded up. Their first pick was about to be ninety nine. They traded up to get a kicker. What they traded re- up from that 99 compensatory pick? Yeah, they, I forgot who they traded with, but they traded up to the third round for a kicker. What is that about? I don't know. I haven't looked into that anymore. I know. Well, I know Robbie Gold has been the kicker there for a long time. I assume he is he's retired, um, and they have to have a kicker moving forward. But even 
the third round of the draft, kickers I think are replaceable or like very replacement level. Like you could have a kicker tryout and just trot that guy out and he'll kick the extra points in, in your short field goals. But using a big draft pick is one that early in the third round, day two, on a on a kicker, this guy's gotta be like guaranteed. 100%. Like Adam Vinatieri mixed with Justin Tucker mixed with... <laughs> yeah, he's got to be a big leg that always hits, that plays for years and years and years and years. Otherwise, you could have just found the same level of production of one of the, you know, undrafted kickers or one of the kick the many kickers that are, you know, have played in NFL games and don't have a team right now. But to use a draft pick, that either means this guy is really special or the Niners are out of their minds right now. What All the draft analysts say he's not that special. <laughs> I believe he's the kicker from Michigan. So a lot of Michigan players coming to the pack, I mean, to the NFC West. Uh, I also saw they drafted Cameron Latu, nice. which I thought was a dope pick. But we'll see what happens. I don't even we don't even know who's going to be throwing to him at the beginning of the season. I I was just talking to uh, my neighbor Mika uh, Afoa, who is a big 49ers fan, uh, and he was talking about how Brock Purdy's uh, recovery is starting to hit some snags. Yeah, that's what, I mean, already when that injury happened. It was going to be, okay, the timeline for this is he'll be ready to start playing again, like right at the beginning of the season. So he might miss camp. He might miss a couple weeks into the year, um, getting himself back up to full speed. But if he really is, you know, not going to play until the middle of the year, then this becomes Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. Oh, man. Uh that's tough. Christian McCaffrey, definitely. Lots of Christian McCaffrey. Lots of but little pitches. Lots of little slants. That might, that might break him. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He has been doing a lot of uh, plyometrics and just like stretching, you know, get loose with it. And I think that's that, that helped him stay healthy last year. Nice. So, honestly, I want good games against the Niners, but I don't want to lose. Last year we got yeah. swept. We got swept, bro. Three times. It was oh. awesome. <laughs> the um, usually you draft to to beat your division, but it seems like a lot of other teams started to draft to kind of try to win their conference. Um, whether that's you know going against Patrick Mahomes and getting edge rushers or DBs, or in the NFC just trying to you know, I feel like the window is a lot wider in the NFC. Um, to, to advance to the Super Bowl than it is in the AFC. The AFC has that's like a gauntlet. Teams. Yeah, a lot, of, good teams over a lot of great quarterbacks, too. If you just look at the starting quarterbacks, the AFC versus the NFC, the NFC is lacking. Um, and right. it's kind of more of a free-for-all because of that. So any team really could come out of the NFC. I mean, there you do have your, you know, uh, more consistent teams and teams that have been doing well recently, but it's not a stretch to think that, you know, the Lions could make a make the playoffs and make a, a playoff run or, you know, the Bucks get a good quarterback and are back in the playoffs. Or the think Saints. about this. For the AFC South, Trevor Lawrence is the oldest starting quarterback. Maybe. I don't know who's starting in the Colts, but. So, uh, yeah, as long as Tannehill is on his way out for the Titans, 
Then you have Trevor Lawrence is the elder statesman, so to speak, where you have the Texans who just took TJ Stroud with the second overall pick. Um, the Colts who have Anthony Richardson, who they took fourth overall and the Titans who have Will Levis that they took in the second round. So that's, I, th- I think that's cool that all those quarterbacks from that draft class are in that, um, in that same division. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to help us evaluate them versus each other because, you know, one of them might have a better team and just end up sweeping the others. Um, and then we're going to be like, oh, well, that quarterback is must be better because his, you know, better team ended up winning the game versus the other guys. But I think it's going to be cool to have them in the same division going up against each other. And the fourth guy being Trevor Lawrence, who is supposedly one of the best quarterback prospects in a long time um, and started to come into his own uh, last year, including a playoff win after being down 27 points. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was, oh, man. Bro, I was leaving work, and the security guard at at the, at the first floor in the lobby um, just started talking about sports. So I stood there, and I was talking sports with him, and he was just like, oh, my backpack has a Charger logo on it. So as I was walking out, he was like, are you a Charger fan? And I turned around my dumbass. Yeah, why? What's up? He's like, oh, man, what a terrible loss in the playoffs. You like, like the Jacksonville Jaguars? You know Trevor Lawrence? He started going on and on and on. And I was just like, I'm just going to be nice and talk. I, I ended up standing there for like 20 minutes listening to this guy. But then he started like saying that he like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, I bet the final score, you know, I, I hit it out the park. I, it landed right on uh, 38 to 21. Uh, I knew that was going to happen. My friend bet on the Super Bowl, the Patriots and the Falcons. He knew the final score exactly. Oh, and I was like, God. oh, shut the fuck. I'm out. <laughs> You're full of it, sir. <laughs> but I was like, I know who to avoid on the way out of this building from now on. You'll never forget guy. where you were when you found out that the Chargers lost to the Jaguars. Bro, I was sitting there watching it. Uh, I was just pacing back and forth, asking, asking, asking for a miracle that didn't happen. I knew it was going to happen. I was just like, wow. I was holding my baby, and I was like, let's hope that this field goal does not go in. And it did. And I was like, it is not your fault nor mine. <laughs> and I was just turn this off. It happens. I feel like that's the Charger fan knowing that shit is going to be bad at some point. But were it's all going to be worth it. Were you a big Charger fan uh, when they went to the Super Bowl in San Diego? <sighs> no, no. I don't even think I was really watching football that, what was that, 96? Um, yeah, I, so. I would have been, oh, I might've been in American Samoa. My parents moved us, uh, we took a summer trip to Samoa that lasted for two and a half years. Well, yeah, I ended up going to like second and third grade out there. Sounds like kidnapping. <laughs> uh, we were out there. We we're like, let's just go visit the family. And then my parents were like, we'll just stay here. Um, and then I moved back to California. Uh, and that's when I started watching sports, probably closer to like 2000 uh, before hey. getting sent back. Yo, yeah, I wasn't even a Charger fan or like a full football fan. Uh, I just played the sports 
at the park. Like we had park league and stuff. Shout out to Forrest. Hello, Coach Forrest. Welcome in, bro. Park league, yo. Scott Park, baby. Hey, Callis Park over here. Um, yeah, man, we're talking about the the NFL draft and things that are going on. We just discussed the uh, the Seahawks picks, um, and the rebuilding of the Legion of Boom and and what's going to be going on there. Seahawks Our... picks terrible picks. Hated them. <laughs> I know, right? What were I think they, they thinking? Were... Hated that they got better. <laughs> I I was I was definitely surprised with the Witherspoon pick early and then the Jackson Smith and Jigba. I was hoping they wouldn't, but I had already heard that they might take a receiver to go uh, uh with Witherspoon DK pick and Tyler. Me, I I expected them to take a DB because uh some of the talk they were talking about was like you said, rebuilding that uh defensive backfield because you know, Legion of Boom was so good for them. So uh why not build from that side in? Is you know you can find a D lineman right now. Uh, they can go back and sign Puno Ford if they needed to. Exactly. Um, yeah, and they got like some good young uh, ends on the on, on the field for them. So DB, I mean, and that was the best DB. Uh, I guess he fits more their system because I don't know if Christian Gonzalez would have fit in that system, but he fits perfectly into that system that they're running. So. And that, Gonzalez to yeah, that's and Digma Smith, man. I, I, from the time, like, I don't know how you can talk about someone his junior year, he gets injured his senior year, he's a little off, but you were talking about him all junior year. Like, they talked about him his junior year, like, he was like they talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. This, year, this year, you know, and then finally he got a couple injuries, and everyone's like, oh, he's not the guy that we thought he was. That's crazy. Like, I still thought he was the best receiver in the draft. Like, everybody was talking about Jordan Addison, who's a great receiver, but uh, nah. We'll yeah, and, and Jigma Smith outperformed uh, his junior year. Who did he outperform? The, the two guys ahead of him was, uh, what is my guy? Uh, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Garrett yeah. Wilson. Outperformed him. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., he, he was the guy, so that's it. Yeah, Seattle had great picks, even like real good value picks in the later rounds. So good for them, bad for us, I guess. The before we talk about y'all's picks, the Raiders. <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you up to right now? Where are you at? No, I'm in Seattle right now, chilling. Seattle with the fam. Yeah, shout out to my mom. It's my mom's birthday on Saturday. Hey. Uh, so we had a barbecue for it with your family. You know. It was great. Always great. Polynesian uh, get-togethers are epic. Nice. Yes, sir. Glad you're able to spend that time with the family. That's always much needed and and very helpful. Let's uh let's talk about your football team selecting oh. seventh overall. Who do you guys take? Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Did you get picked? Um, they. I, I have to imagine that not picking um, Jalen Carter. I can't. Uh, yeah, Jalen Carter. Uh, the idea about that was, and not that Jalen Ruggs was like horrible or anything, but you know, having to deal with that, and then also they had uh, Arnett who just went absolutely insane after he got. 
Our net got cut. Yeah, if we're having the guns on the uh, on the Instagram live, he's like, "I'll come shoot you, dog." (laughs) Oh man, is he the one that inspired Jaw to do the same thing? Maybe. We got Forge frozen here. We'll talk about the. uh, I'll come back and talk about the Raiders when he comes back on. I I thought. Well, well, I can say this. I did not think that they were going to go with who they with Tyree Wilson, Edge out of what Clemson, Texas Tech. Edge out of Texas Tech, really big, supposedly fast, powerful, but had a uh, foot injury. That was what everyone was worried about: this foot injury that he had. I I really don't. With with Jalen Carter still on the board there, I thought that was going to be the pick. Like it was going to be the big guy that was going to be able to wreck things and really give that kind of nastiness to the defense back because. The Raiders are in the AFC West where they have to go against Herbert, Wilson, uh, and Mahomes. Like, in having a defense that's not always uh, physical, especially in the front, uh, can let the quarterbacks really, really, you know, sit back there but, and, and take you apart. I mean, if you see Tyree Wilson, he's a big guy himself. He's 6'6", 270. So, uh, they still the foot injury. Obviously, Raiders cleared him, so they're you know they didn't have no issues with his foot injury. But um, his frame, he can still put on some size. And with the defense that Patrick Brown run, he's going to be able to move shift from inside to outside. They might be able to even stand him up like uh, like Chandler Jones. So if you look at his frame, he kind of looks like a carbon copy of uh, Chandler Jones, just younger. So. Young Chandler Jones is not a bad comparison. Right, right. And I know a lot of guys were like, you know, because he played for Texas Tech. Uh, I don't know if they got too much TV time this year, but he's an All-American. He was a unanimous All-American. Uh, he was also his junior year. So, man, and the one thing about him, if you look at him, playing defensive end, if you see how long his arms are, it's crazy. Like, he's got really long arms, so. Uh, I think with the guys that he has to to learn from, again, Chandler Jones, who could stay another year or two, you can learn from him. Same size, you know, probably the same moves. He's got Max Crosby on the other side. I think it was a good pick for them. I personally thought they were going to get Christian Gonzalez. You know, I I, I really thought they were going to pick up Christian Gonzalez. I would have been happy with the Gonzalez pick. I'm happy with the Tyree Wilson pick. So, yeah. So you compare him to a young, um, who's the Chandler, Chandler Jones? Jones? Yes, sir. If he if he plays to that, then great, right? But what if right. uh, if he if he doesn't get to that Chandler Jones level? Is there something below that that you'd be okay with that would warrant being the you know a top seven pick? Or does it yeah, have to I mean, be like one of those potential Hall of Famers? You know? No, no, because. They have one already on the end that uh, on the other side with Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. So at the seventh pick, uh, if he compliments Max Crosby, if he can be like like Ngakwe gets eight sacks a, a season, that's what he averages, you know, and that's a big help. Every season, he hasn't had anything lower than eight sacks a season. If he could do that, you know, his career and play so at his size too, he's really good against the run. That's all they really need him to do, you know, compliment Max Crosby at this moment. So I did not compare the pick 
to being across from um, Max Crosby. And that's actually right. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because Crosby – is Max Crosby still underrated? Do people not know about Max Crosby? I don't, I don't know if he's underrated anymore. Underpaid? Uh, <laughs> yeah, very much so. You know what? I don't even know he's underpaid anymore because he got a fat contract. But um, I know I know people they don't rank him as high as like some of these other defensive ends where he belongs. But they are they have taken notice, uh, and there's a lot of people naming him as like one of the top defensive ends in the league. So I mean, he's getting his shine right now. Um, it would have been cool to have like I think he would have been a good mentor for Jaden Carter with everything the way how he had he was dealing with alcoholism. Had to come back from that rehab and everything. Not that Jalen Carter's an alcoholic or anything, but the off-field problems that he had, you know, Max Crosby would have been a good person for for him to be mentored by. Um, and that has, like, that's the off-field issues. That would have been a really big bonus, I think, for, for Jalen Carter being there, for Jalen Carter himself, not for the Raiders. So. Bro, say, I was thinking the same thing. We were at five, right? And I was like, all right, which one of these big old defensive linemen are we going to get? And then they said, Devin Witherspoon. I said, what? I was shocked at first. I was like, oh, that's the opposite. I thought of what we needed. But right when I said that, I was like, in John and Pete, I trust. Take the the reins. It's all you, big doggies. Uh, They want to lock down that back for sure. Him and Willen in the back does. That's I like, what I'm saying. That's that's yeah. good stuff. I like that you picked <laughs> up Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Oh, that's that's man. He's he's been the tight end ever since coming into college. Five star coming out of high school. He, there's never been a season where he's like underproduced. Like he's man. So it's great to have him there. Uh, I know a lot of people are uh, a lot of the analysts were like he's a uh, his comp was Jason Witten. Yeah, I kept uh, seeing that one too. Was, who was the other one? Uh, I don't know, but also, um, I think he's like a real, like a more of a poor man's Gronk. You know, size wise, because the way he's built, uh, his hands are ridiculous. You know, you put it up in the air, and if it's anywhere near him, he's coming down with the ball. Uh, he he doesn't have the wheels that Gronk has, but he can run out there. And blocking is probably like his, I guess, weakest attribute, but it isn't that weak. Oh, what? He's like an average blocker. Yeah. He's like an average blocker, but, you know, he's going to get to the NFL and he's going to play in a scheme where he's going to learn how to block in that scheme and he's going to be all the better for it. But uh, to get two top 15 players in the draft, one in the first and one in the second, the, uh, Michael Mayer, I think, was a steal for the Raiders to get at that pick. And, and coming out of Notre Dame, so and oh yeah, you know, Notre, Notre Dame again. Uh, they produced. If you look at all the tight ends in the league, there is numerous tight ends from Notre Dame. You could literally call them tight end right now. You know, Tyler Eifert, um, the big guy in uh, Smythe. Uh, man, I, there's just some. I know only name two, but there are many. Something <laughs> in the water. Something Notre, in the water up there. Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. That's it's always cool also, when you're yeah. you're a cool sense buddy to your team. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was also uh like I think a good pick for them was uh the cornerback from Maryland they picked up in one of the late rounds too. 
uh, Jacory and Ben, he's going to be pretty good. He's on the smaller side, but he's pretty good. Um, the D tackle from Alabama, they grabbed uh, Byron Young. Byron Young. When he was first drafted, everybody uh, thought it was a defensive end from Tennessee. <laughs> so they literally had it on the screen that, oh, no. Oh, Raiders uh, draft defensive end, Tennessee, but has uh, Byron Young from Alabama's picture. So I was like, okay. Oh, but, yeah. uh, You're watching on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I think he's underrated. Um, he's got one hand, and as a defensive tackle, he's going to need that again. Uh, he's going to work in a scheme where his skill set is probably going to be put to use. So I know he wasn't like a big splashy pick, especially I think what did they get him at seventy? Um, seventy. I was I was hoping that Drew Sanders had dropped down. Because uh, we did need a linebacker, but he did it. Oh well, what are you gonna do? You know. Uh, but again, you gotta trust in the in the guys that were hired by that organization. To as a fan, I think you have to trust in Ziegler and and McDaniel's to make those moves. It wasn't a bad draft. It's probably a better draft than the previous at least three years. You know. So, even the wide receiver pick. Uh, was it Trey Parker? Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati. Yeah. He's got speed and he's gonna be right away. Uh that means if Renfro is there for the season, <laughs> which there's a lot of talk, it might not be oh, I I think it's all smoke, but uh even if he's there or if he isn't, it's gonna take him off of the field now and he can stay healthy because he doesn't have to return punts now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. And people are like, well, he's only fast. He can't run routes. Well, he's not going to be in there for the whole time. So now you stick him in doing certain plays and just tell him, hey, run toward the end. Jet you know? sweep, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or that. I don't know. He might be too small for a jet sweep. But <laughs> Man, the small guys are the ones that get lost behind the line. And they just and pop out. Yep, pop out on the other side. Say it's like oh, a one to have someone Debo size running. Oh, man. Debo Samuel is nice, bro. <laughs> I hate yeah. playing him twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> are there any uh, Raider positions that uh, are still, you know, need to be addressed? Or do you feel like this draft, you know, filled most of those spots? No, I mean, um, they did. They got, they signed a couple of linemen uh, as undrafted uh, players. A um, couple of them are pretty good, you know. Just because they weren't drafted doesn't mean they're not good enough to play in the league, so. They signed a couple who are probably going to uh, make the roster, so not too bad. They'll plug and play some of the guys uh, on the O-line, but I think linebacker is a position also where I was hoping they picked up somebody in the early rounds, like the first maybe um, like the first four picks, because there were some pretty good linebackers in there, I think, uh, that you could have gotten like the second, third, and fourth round. But they didn't. They got a linebacker late from Florida. Uh, he's quick. He's smaller. So probably a coverage linebacker. But I don't know. There's a lot of talk about Patrick Queen out of uh, Baltimore not being – they're not picking up his option. So, you know, maybe they can make a trade for him. Um, the Cardinals today also announced that uh, they won't be picking up Isaiah Simmons' option. So – there's some linebackers out there that you can make some moves and, you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to go to another team and reach the potential that people thought they were going to. And they're not bad guys. Like, 
you know, they just didn't perform the way people thought they were going to perform when they were drafted. But they're, they they haven't had, like, horrible careers. So, uh, if anything, I'd love to see maybe Isaiah Simmons, if they can make a play for him. Because nice. watching him at Clemson, he could do everything. Like, it was crazy. He was, I mean, he had a decent season last year. He was coming around. Uh, yeah, I, I like think Patrick they Pitt expected too. him to be, like, a lot more impactful earlier at a bunch of different right. positions when they picked him that high. I think what they expected him to be was Micah Parsons, but that's not his game. Oh. You know? Oh, yeah, no. I thought they were, like, you know, going to use him as a safety and outside linebacker. I heard he played some nickel, too, when he was in college. No, but... and that's what I'm saying. He could play nickel. He could play all that. Uh, if you put him as a coverage linebacker, but I think, what did they have him? Like, they had him on the outside a lot, like, trying to rush the quarterback. That's not his game. So, well, yeah, with him in coverage. And then they also have Zayvon Collins that they picked uh, pretty early playing linebacker in, in coverage. He's playing middle, and he's, yeah, even less athletic than Isaiah Simmons was. So, I don't know. But yeah, linebacker I mean, would be a position, yeah, I hope. Definitely a yeah. bunch of really – uh, high potential guys that haven't, you know, fully panned out or realized their potential that well, I got wouldn't, one for you. wouldn't mind having on our teams. Uh, the Seahawks announced like half an hour before we got on this podcast that they are not picking up Jordan Brooks' fifth year option. Oh, what? Well, well. So I was like, what? I know you tore your Achilles, dog, but they oh, yeah. or ACL or something. Is that just but a I was money surprised. thing, or do you think they I don't, don't know. double I was him? surprised. I don't know. I, dude, this guy led the league in tackles. Like, yeah. The, yeah, he was. That's crazy. He's so young, too. I know. I thought he was like the going to be like the new anchor, yeah. like our new middle linebacker. And then we brought Bobby back. I feel like this is only going to be for like one year, maybe two yeah. years. Yeah, maybe as like the second middle linebacker, right? Yeah, I don't know. But we also got Devin Bush. Uh, I thought. Oh, that, damn! I thought the Bobby uh, Wagner mentoring Devin Bush could elevate his game more because uh, a lot of Steelers fans were happy to see him go, and I was he like, "He's a knucklehead coming out of college too, though." Like, yeah, like tearing up was, the Michigan State field. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man, like you guys. Right. Well, yeah, he we'll better, see. bro. What about your Chargers, man? How are you feeling about them? Well, let's talk about the Chargers and their amazing draft picks in the 2023 NFL draft that I watched the highlights and talked myself into were the right picks. Uh, first, or the Chargers' first <laughs> round draft pick was number 21. And after, um, you know, the, the Seahawks at 20 started the run on wide receivers. You guys took Ohio State. Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, and I feel like up, uh, I feel Mike like the, again? what? So you guys picked up uh, Mike Williams again? Oh man, <laughs> I remember when there were like four Mike Williams in the league or coming out of coming out of college. No, All we coming out of USC. Yeah, that's basically kind of what it feels like. We missed on the guy that we wanted, so we took another guy. We took Jordan our Addison guy. was wasn't he available still? Yeah, all the wide receivers are. Jackson Smith and Jigba was the first wide receiver off the board at 20, which was surprising. Be, first time fair, that though, four went in a row. Yeah, to be fair, he was ranked higher than uh, Jigba Smith, uh, Addison, on a couple of boards. So uh, if you look at it that way, 
you guys got the number one receiver on those draft. boards. I don't. I want to go with like the consensus, right? Who is the most? Well, I mean, who do even, most uh, analysts or experts have as the better receiver? But I know I mean, Kuiper. Kuiper had him ranked ahead for a little bit. I don't know to the end, but Kuiper had Mel Kuiper had him ranked uh, pretty high. Uh, um, so did. Uh, What's his name uh, from NFL Network? Jeremiah. What's his name? I forgot. He's the other big guy for NFL Daniel Network. Jeremiah. Yeah, there you go. Um, they had him ranked pretty high, like uh, the number one receiver. So, I mean, he he's, he has the size that Mike Williams has, but he's also got wheels on him. So, Right. So, with that 21st pick, the Chargers selected TCU's wide receiver, Quentin Johnston. Um who has been the number one wide receiver, the wide receiver one there for the Horned Frogs for at least the last three seasons, right? He's been the guy producing, the the number one guy they throw to. Um, He does have a high yards after catch. He's got like, his yak average per reception is like 9.7. He's getting like a first down after he catches the ball, wherever he catches it. So I do like, in the like the two or three highlight um, plays that they show right when he gets drafted, one thing that I saw in all of them was that once he gets the ball in his hands, uh, he does have some moves, but he also is kind of nasty in his running. Like he wants to uh, make contact and win that contact. Like he'll slap somebody. Like across the helmet, like he's a violent runner, like and I like that. I like that. Like you're gonna get those yards, or you're gonna figure out either by running past somebody or through somebody. I'm I'm gonna get these extra yards, and that's something you know that the Chargers haven't always had. It's always kind of been like a a let's get stuffed at the line or throw it. Give it to Eckler. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll dump it off to Eckler. If he's open, send the guys deep. If he, they're not open, dump it down. Um, but Eckler having having deep. somebody that's going to, you know, get the he, ball he in space and then know what to do with it is going to be super helpful. Um, and I'm is hoping. Is for Denver now? Was it? Is Eckler thing for Denver now? Uh, Austin Eckler is still a charger, yeah, <laughs> still under contract, so we'll see how that goes. I'm if he went to Brad Denver, Holmes. that'd be crazy. Yo, yeah, it turns into the Alvin Kamara of the Broncos. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think having um, because you already have Keenan Allen who plays the slot, you know, what I mean, and now you have two legit uh, outside receivers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary, especially with uh, Justin Herbert throwing to them. That's crazy, and like you said. Having Echo in the backfield. We still got Guyton too, who's a speed guy for you guys. Yeah. So Josh Palmer, who disappointed last season. Um right. when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were out. We had Josh well, Palmer out, yeah. as our number one. Jalen Guyton was on injured reserve super early in the season. So we yeah. also had uh, DeAndre Carter, punt kick returner, wide receiver. And then we were also playing like a kid out of San Diego State. And well, I know you guys don't have DeAndre Carter Michael now. Bandy. Michael freaking Bandy was playing big chunks of wide receiver reps for us during the season. Uh, I like him, <laughs> but I do not want him to be the, one of the top three receivers uh, right. he, on the field for us because that means we were doing 
you know, we were really behind. And after those injuries, I kind of that I kind of think that just really uh, solidified in the the management and the staff's mind that they need to get Justin Herbert, you know, a lot more available weapons. And if Keenan Allen, who's getting older, you know, loses a step, which isn't you know too bad because he's more of a like a a route runner cut guy, more like a make space than a burner. Yeah. Um, but if Keenan Allen falls off, Mike Williams isn't able to, you know, fully live up to his seventh overall pick, um, which I don't think he has. He's done, you know, just a big, like a big play guy, but injured or doesn't really crack that top 10 wide receiver in the league, uh, Billy. Yeah, so having another wide receiver, especially in this window of Justin Herbert, uh, isn't a bad thing. And I think when Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I shouldn't have thought was going to make it that far anyway, right? I was surprised he even made Almost. it to 20. <laughs> 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 Almost got him. <laughs> the, the Seahawks were like, we're not going to let this guy go. We're, yeah. we're some trendsetters. I'll show you what. <laughs> but you Yo. know what? I, I, think, I think if he was really on your radar uh, as, a, as a charger, I think they would have treated up for him because I, I think – I. They had to have a sense that okay. someone was going to take him a little early. So I think if he was, like, really number one receiver on their board, they would have traded up to get him. I think after he made it through kind of the middle of there with, like, the the Packers, the the Patriots, the Jets, um, who could all use a receiver, uh, after he made it past those guys, then I was like, oh, oh, he might slide all the way to us. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but definitely taking a, a big wide receiver who can get yards after catch in the first round is in the window of Justin Herbert is not something that I, I am mad about uh, anymore. Definitely when they announced the pick, I was like, who, who is this? Uh, but now, I remember I, I was telling you all about him. I was like, this is the Tyler Lock runs like Tyler Lockett nice. in DK Metcalf's body. I was like, <laughs> I was like CK. I was like Seahawks should go after that guy. I, that sounds like perfect for us. And they're like, nah, we we got that already. <laughs> <laughs> we got both of those already. Yeah. So I'm I'm. You got, were you, I'm excited about that. Were you guys able to get D line help this draft? Yeah, in the second round, we got some some of that homegrown uh, defensive line talent. Uh, yeah, who'd you guys pick up? Who'd you guys? Tuli Tui Pulotu, <laughs> Edge out of USC. Throw them tees up. Throw right? them tees up. Yeah, fifty fourth pick. Um, man, it, I was jacked about that pick when Nick Hardwick came out and mispronounced that name. I knew who it was. I was excited. <laughs> I yelled. Um, I left the family and I immediately started trying to post about it. I was like, yes, yes. somebody got a USC going to the Chargers at a. I don't even got to move. He just go down the street. Oh yeah, he just needs to change the directions on his way to work. Car. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, getting the reigning leader. I mean, the reigning Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, who led the country in sacks last year, thirteen and a half, was second in tackles for loss at twenty-two, second in the country, second most in the country uh also the polynesian football hall of fame uh player of the year like tui tuli pulotu tui pulotu 
on the edge and some and some powder blue is something I am very excited to see. Um, and this is something have some really good guys to learn from. That's yeah, gonna be amazing for them. having Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack as the guys that are like showing you the ropes, and then with the capital that the Chargers have used on offensive line and Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson going against court, going and getting Corey Lindsley from the Packers. Yep. The, the people that he's going to be learning from and going against are top tier in the NFL or who have been around and know what needs to be done to be successful. And I feel like this kid is going to be such a good sponge and like a lot of just poly athletes are like, you know, they're there and they're like, if somebody else is doing something great, they want to be able to learn how to do that and incorporate that into their game. And right. not only the spin moves, the rips, the clubs, the bull rushes, but also the preparation. Also, you know, the, the training, the, the schedules, the routine, a, a, it's a really good, I think a plus situation uh, for him. And I am excited to see him succeed in it. And it's definitely yep. a need for the Chargers who, you know, Khalil Mack is old, is, is older. He's still a, you know, strong ass man. Joey Bosa is on his second contract and injured uh, a lot more than Chargers fans would like. Having somebody that could come in and be that next edge piece um, like how we had with Uchenna Nguosu, also at the USC, plays for the Seahawks now. Um, having somebody that could take care of the line on either side of the ball and really either pressure the quarterback, stop the run, or set that edge is, I think, key for the Chargers' defense actually being a defense that can that can stop the run, force people to pass, and disrupt their, their passing games. Um, yeah. So him in this situation is, is a need and a good thing. I like it a lot. And I am very biased on all these accounts. <laughs> I understand that as a USC homer, as a Charger fan, as an Islander, but let's wrap it all up. See how it goes, bro. I'm excited. Yeah, no, yeah, brother, he, lots he was, of tease, lots of tease going up at SoFi over the next couple of years. I'm, I'm down. I'm with him. I thought he was worthy of a first round pick. Um, like you said, leader of that USC defense. Captain. He didn't yep. have anybody step up. He stepped up, and I don't think anybody really looked at him at USC when he first got there to be that guy. Uh, I, I think a lot of guys thought uh, they were going to put weight on him and move him inside, but, you know, he showed them that he was able to play defensive end, play outside, rush the quarterback. I mean, you can even see him sometimes as a stand-up rusher during his senior year. So, yeah, I think that's a great pick. That's another thing that confused me. I know his brother Marlon, who plays for the the Eagles, is more like a yep. traditional defensive tackle. But some people also had Tule listed as a defensive tackle, not like a DN, not like a D line, yeah. but as a DT. And then I'm like, the Chargers are putting out when you know in the like we drafted Tule Tui Pelotu edge at a USC. So I think that also yeah. kind of shows their thinking that. Tilly's going to be able to really focus on protecting the line of scrimmage and rushing the passer. Because in the third yeah. round, the Chargers went and got Washington State linebacker Dayon Henley, who also is from L.A. And yes, and is a sideline to sideline defender. 
somebody that can, you know, take more of that. Uh, well, Drew Tranquil, uh, who left, he was that middle linebacker right. for us. Um, him, Kenneth Murray. But now we got Eric Kendricks in free agency as a linebacker. And now we have uh, Dayon Henley, uh, L.A. native, who is going back home to play professional football. And I think that pick of him being able to control the back really does mean that they're going to let Tule like just really unleash um, on these tackles and try to pressure the pocket. So that first only thing I was worried about uh, with Henley is that he's only played the position two years. He used to be a wide receiver. Oh, okay. Hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Speed, <laughs> agility, quickness. I like that positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're spinning. Yo, at these picks, almost all of them, I'm like, oh, what? What were we thinking? And then after kind of looking at it in hindsight and how it could work and getting people talking about, oh, yeah, so this pick could be could mean that this team is going to do this this way. They're more fo- devoted to the past. They're more focused on the run, this, this, and that. Um, yeah, but I was uh, I was excited with those those first three picks. I don't – I mean – He's done really good in the last two years that he's been playing. Yeah, no, uh, that's great value too because he was valued as a first day pick. Oh damn! Uh, throughout like the whole draft process until like draft week, um, but people were talking about him sneaking into the first round, like late first round, uh, or just regularly being drafted in the early second. But you guys also, I think. One of the steals you guys got that no one was looking at was uh, Jordan McFadden. Um, Tell me he's about him from Clemson. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you know you see on the O line, and it's exactly what you want from a guy playing guard uh, in a rushing attack. He's gonna bully you all day long. Strong kid, so I like him. Uh, yeah, lineman Jordan McFadden with the hundred fifty six pick was at the fifth round. Um, fifth round, yeah. yeah, in the fifth and sixth rounds, we got an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Um, and I think it's it's not so much replacing players that have left or anything. That's just kind of adding really talented potential um, to the room and seeing really what rises to the top um, in camp or in uh, during the season. Uh, but yeah. I, I see those as more like kind of depth. Uh, yeah, depth picks kind of just yeah, improving sure. the overall team. Or trying to. It's it's not a lock that you would make the team as a fifth or sixth round. But um, it shows that the Chargers are, you know, committed to either lining up the uh, that part of the line. Um, in the fourth round, we took a second TCU receiver, Darius Davies. Um, yeah, probably Eskimo bros with the other guy. That's one. Look, we there were a lot of there were a couple teams that picked players from the same schools. We took with our first round pick, Quentin Johnson, TCU wide receiver with our fourth round pick, uh, Darius Davies, Davis, Davies, spelled yep. weird. I'm going to say Davies, um, wide receiver TCU. And then with our seventh round pick, we took the TCU quarterback. So we took the guy hey. who's throwing to these guys, <laughs> Max Duggan, uh, I, who I think is going to be a, a good, you know, backup. Obviously, they're not trying to. Yep. He's, he's, he's going to play like one there. or two games. <laughs> yeah, I'm, de- yeah, I'm yeah, down to be able to play one or two games as a charger. Yeah. Just in case 
just in case Herbert doesn't resign, he's there. <laughs> Max Duncan is the plan if Herbert holds out <laughs> and demands a trade. Oh man, <laughs> yo! If we traded Justin Herbert, we get hella picks, and hopefully, we wouldn't no, botch it. That's true. Seattle set the market with trading for superstar quarterbacks that haven't won that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the Seahawks did set it like a, a good example of what you guys did by trading away a, a star player, getting those picks, and then immediately flipping those picks for a retool instead of a rebuild because you guys are are back in the mix already um yeah so that that was the chargers draft i thought we got better as a team adding these players i'm not sure who we went and got um as far as the undrafted after um but yeah i'm excited for camp when is camp like in a couple months like after the summer july i'm gonna, give you, the, I'm gonna give you the most football answer i could ever give Hey, camp starts the day you're drafted, bro. July 30th. <laughs> Once you're drafted, you better get out there and start running. Uh, end of, okay, okay yeah. so. July, end of July, July 25th through August 10th. And then preseason, well, preseason during the camp. Nice. Ooh, I'm ready for football uh, to be on the televisions All again. Right. Although I am liking having Sundays free. For now, to just go and be able to do stuff. Are you um, gonna pay the four hundred dollars for NFL ticket on YouTube? Uh, on, I on thought YouTube? about it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yo, I thought I. No, I'm probably gonna stream. I'm just probably just gonna keep using Streamies um, if it's not on uh, regular television. Um, yeah. But I think I, I tried to do the average. If you, what is it, three hundred fifty bucks? If you're a YouTube TV subscriber, yeah, I so guess four hundred fifty bucks. Oh, they take fifty dollars off. <laughs> yeah, but you're already paying fifty for the yeah. YouTube TV for the YouTube TV. So like, like, we're gonna get our fifty no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like twenty five. Mm. It's twenty five dollars a game or something like that. Is that not enough wow. to? No, no, that doesn't seem right. There's like. There's like 10 games at least a week. Well, I guess because you're not going to watch all the games. You just No, you can. No, I'm telling you guys, this is no. how I watch football. My friend, he has every – we watch every single game <laughs> every Sunday. Hell, yeah. And then he has a big projector, so we got like the game here, game, game in the middle, game on the side. Because there's like usually four or five games in the morning, then three in the afternoon, yeah. and then the one in the evening. So you guys so, are watching all the games at the same time? Yes, it's very hard. And they all go on like a cycle of commercials. So it's like you got to like train your eyes and start here. <laughs> then we're going left. We're going left. We're coming around. All right. Bam. We're all in commercial. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot oh, to okay. take in. It's because uh, like my friend's a Niners fan. His brother's a Raiders fan. I'm a Seahawks fan. And then so we all play fantasy all... together. So we're uh, like, okay. We need to know what's going on. Not only are you watching your own <laughs> games, but you're also watching your players' games. Yes, sir. I I get it. <laughs> I can I can dig it. I, yeah, I might need to get a projector and watch all the games at once. So I know that would definitely help in fantasy. San, Sunday night after I'm done watching all the games, I'm like, uh. <laughs> 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 Just my brain. Oh, my God, I saw so much. <laughs> 
That's funny. Um, who do you guys think are the winners and losers of this year's NFL draft? I I will start with the winners. I know I thought the Eagles did good. Yeah, they yeah, got they, they got they got some really great players. But I also think that the Cardinals have lined themselves up for a future of early draft picks and that that might be really good for their their franchise. Not only did they trade back um and pick up another first and I think a third from the Texans, um they were able to trade up to get the left tackle that Kyler Murray wanted, not necessarily them, but there's a story that Kyler Murray has in the past suggested they draft certain linemen and they've both turned out to be really good. Like the first one was they, he wanted them to get Tristan Wirfs. Um, and instead they picked Isaiah Simmons, but they're not extending. <laughs> um, and then he'd also ask them, uh, is it Connor McGovern? Sorry, there was a there was a there was a center who's really good that he asked them to go get, um, and they went and got uh, like Rondell Moore. Uh, so they actually took the pick that he wanted, Paris Johnson. Are, are either of you familiar with Paris Johnson? Paris as, Johnson and how good of LSU. Of yeah, is he good? athletic he's the best uh, yeah. in the draft he, he he was the best tackle in the draft yeah he's huge so i mean as long as kyler can get outside the pocket and see over him then you should be fine well, i don't know if i'm if i'm taking him at six i don't know they yeah that's, that that was another big thing but there is a growing feeling that the cardinals will begin to shop kyler murray um yeah instead of so who's gonna pay is, that who's gonna pay that so, so the thing is they're uh projected because their lineup is supposed to be one of the worst in the nfl they're projected to be getting the first and second pick in next year's draft <laughs> because of the texans pick they got and texans are you know they're they're getting better but they're still probably one of the uh yeah. shittier teams in the league mm-hmm. so they, if all goes well you know, or bad, depending on how you look at it, they get the one and two pick in the draft next year, which would be uh, Caleb Williams, and then there's just uh, probably Marvin Harrison Jr., which would be crazy. They draft Caleb Williams after paying that man Harris. so much fucking money. Right. The I think the cap hit would be like forty million dollars, where if they let go I don't of think Kyler Murray or traded him. Which I think they would pay. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know, because they make their players pay for their food in Arizona. They're like one of the worst rated (laughs) teams. That's why you need to get paid so much. Uh, (laughs) So you can afford your your team bills. If you're you're getting paid that much already, hey, why can't you pay food in the facility that you work in? I posted that. I posted that as a poll. Like, should the NFL players get food for free? It was pretty much half. People were like, "Yeah, they're millionaires." I was like, "Oh shit, yeah." But if you're a billionaire owner, you should pay. You know, you should like be given good options. The employees should all be taken uh, care of, regardless. Like, (laughs) it's like the celebrities that go out to like these, like the Oscars or the Grammys. 
and they get those like fifty thousand dollar gift bags. Like, why are you giving it to them for free? They don't oh, yeah. They're gonna go home and give those to like, well, which is cool. They go home and give it to like one of their workers at home, but like, or throw it in a pile you know I mean? of gift gift bags yeah. they've got. Put it in the gift closet. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, Arizona. Uh, well, who do you think had the worst draft? I think Arizona had a shitty draft. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't care if they got a lineman. But other than that, I didn't really care for any of their picks. Um, also, the Jets. Jets were kind of crappy. Yeah, there were a bunch of teams I felt that didn't have, like, any big moments. I think right. the Cowboys' biggest moment was when the coach drafted his son. By the way, is going to be an absolute menace in the NFL. Deuce, uh, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn. Vaughn. Uh, yeah, I heard he's like, high uh, ceiling. Yeah, Sproles. Uh, you think of Sproles, you think of uh, you know smaller running backs like that. But I think uh, I always think of Darren Sproles when I think of smaller backs, which is cool too because Deuce Vaughn is also coming out of Kansas State where Darren Sproles went. So I think that's a good comparison. Um, I think. Uh... Yeah, I think there were definitely some quiet teams, but I think in terms of moves that were made, I think the Texans might have failed this draft. Like they got their quarterback and they I'm sure they got Will Anderson who they wanted in the first place, but I think the capital they they used especially their own pick next year, their own first rounder when they're going to be a bad team, I think they gave up too much. Like they could have just took CJ Stroud and then a defensive player or running back at, at 12 when they, they had picks two and 12, but they had to, for some Not reason, these. get both of those players. Yeah, get both. They couldn't like, they couldn't decide if they wanted Will Anderson at two or CJ Stroud or a different quarterback at two. So they just mortgaged the rest a, of their future to take both players now. And if both of I those think. players don't work out, then it was definitely a bad trade right. in cost, but it's also going to, offset the future of your franchise. Like, you could have had a Josh Rosen situation and traded away C.J. Stroud next year if you had the number one overall pick and taking Caleb Williams. You probably don't. You probably don't, but it's an an option. But you do not have that option anymore. Rosen's a cautionary tale for NFL teams. I gotta, I gotta mm-hmm. send you guys that video of him saying like he was gonna be the greatest. And, like, I'm gonna be like wanted. Tom Brady. I'm be yeah. like, yeah, no, nah, shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely see I myself think, uh, as the best. Uh, five teams in four years. Shut your mouth. <laughs> the Texans, nope. the Texans taking those two guys. I think it was a compromise between ownership and um, and D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I know ownership really wanted C.J. Stroud, and I know D'Amico Ryan's really wanted to start off on the defense side of the ball. So. I think there's a compromise between both. Yeah, I think that's I think that's gonna mess them up. Um, because you know how you were saying the Cardinals are projected to have the one and two overall yeah. picks next year. Yeah. If they because... traded, if they were able to trade Kyler Murray to somebody that wanted a quarterback, like the Commanders, the Vikings, you know, somebody like that, maybe that would right. pay. They would at least get another first round pick. So they had three first yeah. round picks. They already have a second. I think they had three thirds for next year. They're getting um, a second no matter what. Yeah. So But they could get Caleb Williams right. in, in Arizona and then a bunch of other things. Or or if they do get Caleb Williams at one and they do have that second overall pick, 
somebody else is going to try to get Drake May or any of these other quarterbacks that emerge, and they're going to give up hella first-round picks to try to get that second overall pick that they might have. So I think as, as far as, like, assets that can, you know, extrapolate into the future, um, yeah, they did good. I think, And then I think the Texans gave up too much. I, I think anybody who traded up too far probably made the wrong move and should have just stayed put. Definitely. They're sitting in the driver's spot, so that's good for Arizona. No. Do you have a – Forrest, do you have a loser for this draft? Uh, Man, you know what? I want to say the Falcons. And not because Ooh. I don't believe in Bijan Robinson. It's because they were third in rushing last year. I mean, and <laughs> like, that's what you needed? Really? Come on. You know? He, I, I, I believe – I'm not like one of these analysts, but like, oh, the running back position is – Overvalued, and that pick was. You know, I mean, he's a really great player, but you can get a running back at that. But you know, I don't believe that there's anybody in the second round that's going to have a career like John Robinson. But I was thinking, like Philly was in perfect position because they were farther back. You know, um, the Texans could have taken him at twelve, like you said, they could have waited taking him at twelve. But the Falcons went ahead and took him that early, and it's, but they have like their roster is pretty shitty too. So, <laughs> like, I don't know, you know. Desmond Ritter behind center. Jeez Louise. Right. Yeah. But I'm not sure so about the They're gonna find out if Desmond Ritter is is like a passable quarterback. Hmm. Yeah, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and he's gonna have a running yeah, back. That's a lot that can of young, that's a young offense. Off. But I mean, they also might be, you know, okay with losing a lot of games this year and using that same right. offense and putting in Caleb Williams. Uh, with those same and skill pieces. <clears throat> I would have said, like, I, just because I believe, like, that was so early for Atlanta, that, like, they could have traded back and got Bijan Robinson, like, two picks back. Or, like, they, but they just have more glaring needs. Uh, it was a toss-up between them and Detroit because Detroit went ahead and took Jamar Gibbs. Again, <laughs> you've had DeAndre Swift, who they traded, who they traded, right. but you could have got another piece to your uh your defense act uh that you really need uh but how you badly you Gibbs. do they hate deandre swift or did they pretty like, bad because he's he, gone now he's with the I eagles mean, right and but he was decent I, I get it he was hurt but anytime he was on the field he produced so he wasn't hurt that much yeah uh, like why don't falcons lose. trade for him instead Right, if they, they want to run back. Jamal Williams. So, well, the Falcons had like I mean, three running backs last year: yeah. Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, and then yeah. some third guy that I don't know uh, taking carries away from both of them. Stole touchdowns. <laughs> Bro, right. Yeah, I hated it. Exactly. I hated it. Just rolling he, the dice every it. week, hoping my running back he, was the one that got it out in the perfect, end zone. Man. He was like, "Hey, man, let me be the last running back." These two run first. I'll run last. Yeah, when we yeah, get I'll, into like the twenty, I'll run when we get down there. Let, no, inside the yeah. five. Inside the five. Go, go, go! You do the work. You do the twenties of the twenty. That's Jamal Williams style. <laughs> right. Hey, Jamal yeah. Williams, who is where now? Where did he go? Uh, Saints. Oh my God, I forgot where he went. I think so. Yeah, that there's been a whole running back carousel also, but yep, Saints. Yeah. Winners Jamar Gibbs, don't I, don't get me wrong. He's, I think he's going to be really great. 
like everybody's comp was Kamara. So I think that's a pretty fair comp. He might be faster. He's like a receiving back, not as much as like a running running back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I like him. You know, uh, I think his ceiling, uh, I don't know if it's that high, but his ceiling should be McCaffrey and his floor should be uh, Kamara. So. That's Whoa, a fucking. Damn. That's, that's all the way up great, here. That's great. That's, that's great. a house he, in the mountains. Runs. Yeah. <laughs> he can run. He can run. And he, he did it at Georgia Tech. He did it at Alabama. So, you know. Yeah. It's just it's my position. Like, it's weird. And you can't even say, like, I'm a firm believer of uh, best player available. Like, even if by, like, if, if he's really, really good. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, you got to take best player available. Even regardless of the for a team, I think you take the best player available. But he was definitely not the best player available. <laughs> he didn't feel the need for the team. So I think that probably would have been the worst pick. Not him, but the pick itself. Taking Jameer Gibbs at 12 overall? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's possible they thought the Falcons were not going to take Bajan and he was going to fall to them. I mean, okay, right. so the Lions – but the Lions had the sixth pick and then traded back to the 12th uh, with the Cardinals. And the Cardinals got the 12th pick from the Texans. Yeah. Who traded them the 12th pick for the third? You know what I'm saying? It's all musical picks. Yeah. You know, uh, you know who the best pick was though? Say it. The fucking Patriots getting Christian Gonzalez. I hate the Patriots. Uh, uh, that was solid. What is it? The fifteenth? Yo, they 14th? took a... Yeah, oh yeah, they moved, right? Have you ever heard of Great Martin Mapu? Oh, uh, Sacramento State Sacramento State linebacker to the Patriots bro, in the second round. He smacks people, bro. <laughs> what? He, man, let me tell you. I've seen a couple of games because uh, Sacramento State also plays uh, Portland State. So I went out to watch that game. That boy can move, man. And uh, you do not want to be, like, in front of him when he gets, like, you know what I mean? It's, Junior Seau is his uncle. Did you guys know that? What? I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I had not heard him being in the, the draft process or, like, lead up at all. So when the Patriots took him in the second round, it was like, oh, they've been scouting this guy. They they feel like this is one of their gems. Um, and usually I, I would feel those gems would go in like the later rounds. But in the uh, in the second, I was excited to hear uh, him go. So definitely somebody I'm going to be keeping an eye on is Marty Mapu. Sac State. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I think that is our draft recap. You got our uh, our special teams, our teams, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Chargers, our picks, how we feel about them, and then our uh, draft winners and losers. And that is going to be our episode for this week. Let's do some shout outs over here. Mike, you got any shout outs for this week? Uh, yeah, shout out to all the Polynesian players selected in the NFL draft. You know, it's very exciting to see y'all make it. Uh, we're excited to watch your career. And yeah, you know, it just makes you feel warm inside when you see someone that's like you on the big stage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 100%. And uh, comedian James Mane also commented on on one of the Polynesian posts about seeing Sweet. more Islanders. 
um, you know, and just having it being dope to have that positive representation and being able to look up and see Islanders doing dope stuff and reaching their dreams. So, yeah, definitely shout out to all the uh, the Polynesian players who were drafted in this year's uh, NFL draft. This guy's the conversation. Sorry. <laughs> Put the pen down. <laughs> oh man, Forrest! Uh, hey, shout out to my mom. Shout out to my mom whose birthday was on Saturday. Hey, yes, yeah. happy so, birthdays! Had a good time. Uh, man, like you guys just said, shout out to all these poly kids that got picked up. Like uh, it's the beginning of a of a really great time for them. I think, man. Um, I know for a lot of these guys, like, I can't say all, but I know for a lot of them, this has been a, a dream that's been, like, growing for them. Just just all the stuff that they've been through to get there, it must feel real good. Even for the guys who were undrafted, that signed, like, that's crazy. Uh, they keep replaying that moment where uh, Chris Vaughn calls the son Deuce Vaughn. That's amazing. That is one of the most amazing kids I've ever seen. Like, uh, when they told his dad at first when they were going to draft him, like, the dad was just, you know, unconsolable. He was crying, so happy. And then when he got to call his son and asked his son, hey, son, uh, what do you think about coming to work with me next week? That's crazy. That's So, shout out to them, man. And, uh, man, child Gabriel Sewell, uh, who, when I was growing up, was like a, a big brother figure to me in Samoa. Uh, shout out to him and his wife and his family having Noah Sewell get drafted again. I mean, again, having one of their sons get drafted again. Noah Sewell. Another one. Right. Where they have great linebackers. So he's going to be at a place where they've had probably two of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game play there uh, in Singletary and Erlocker. So now they have Noah Sewell, who I know will definitely follow in those footsteps. Playing his brother twice a year. So, I don't know if I don't know if I'd want to play that guy twice a year. Yeah, after right. yeah, after watching him manhandle uh, Aaron Donald when Aaron Donald thought Ooh. he wasn't going to be manhandled, that was so, a big moment. That was a big moment. It was. Imagine you know Noah what? trying 20... to tackle Penay on a, like oh, a tight end out or something. Oh, that Penay's gonna live for that. He's so, gonna brace for impact. Bow, little brother. Man, uh, but uh. Man, shout out to you both, man, for always holding it down, man. So it's good to come on here and not just talk football, but, you know what I mean, see how everybody's doing, check up on both all of us together. So shout out to all of us, man. Yes, sir. Hey, shout out to the fam. Shout out to uh, NFL Pacifica on Instagram uh, for our, like, keeping track of all the, the Islanders in the draft and making posts about that. Also, the Polynesian Music, who did the same on IG. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to uh, to the people who are putting on for this. Oh, happy uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month. It's the, the first of May. Man, we need our own fucking month, dog. <laughs> why I, we got to share this month, dog? Why, why you got to clump us on together like that? Just because we're on the same fucking bubble when you're filling in your ethnicity. Jesus, please. <laughs> That's crazy. We need our own bubble too while we're at it. <laughs> Shout out to I, the I'll Pacific Islanders. <laughs> you know, Pacific Islander month. Let's get it. It's this May. 
uh yeah thank you again both of you for coming on thank you to everybody for listening uh that is our episode for today we're gonna have more for you next week uh make sure to tune in promise we will talk about how to handle yourself in the club uh for our bouncer tales next week so (laughs) make sure to make sure to come back for that uh for Forrest Odalau, Mike Fiso, I am Lance Falitongo. This has been the Balinesian Podcast. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Stay hydrated, stay blessed, stay ballin', love and light. Peace.